Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zanker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. All righty, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing Grace. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Um, I got a great interview for you today. I think you're going to really enjoy. Um, Catherine Toon has been on Still Growing Grace many times. She's one of my favorites. Uh, she always brings a really, really unique perspective because um, her style is a bit different than mine, which is a benefit for all of us because if we just listen to the same kind of people all the time, having somebody with another lens matters. And uh, I, I am certain there are not enough women uh, speaking out. And if, again, ones that can be heard and understood. And I think Catherine's one of them. Uh, she's got a great voice uh, uh, reflecting the love of God. She has a new book coming out. It's called uh, God, Male and Female? Question mark. Uh, and the subtitle is Healing Our Image of God, Healing Our Image of Ourselves and One Another. Uh, she's an MD. I think uh, her background with her theological studies has really made this book special. Uh, Paul Young writes, uh, Dr. Toon's book is simply a treasure. Her work has helped me to better understand the nature of God and what it means to be human. And I am deeply grateful. Paul Young, author of The Shack. Uh, so that's on the cover. Um, so let's get into this interview. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, your eyebrows may go up a couple times, uh, but uh, I have read this book. I think it's really good. If you need a really good study on this topic, this content, she's done all the legwork for you. Like, that's so cool. I love that. So anyway, here goes, and I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing Grace. Uh, I'm with Catherine Toon. We finally get to have another conversation. We've had several over the years, but uh, it's been a little while since we last talked. So welcome. Wow. It's always fun. It's always a blast, Mike. Thank you. So where's home for you? So I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado, just at the foothill, foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So you have snow right Colorado. now. Oh, we have snow. Yes, we do. <laughs> Although in Colorado, we're not like you in Canada. It snows and it stays. For us, it usually snows and it melts. Mm -hmm. And then it snows again and it melts. We just have so much sunshine. Um, but it's kind of snowing and staying, which is a little unusual for us. But and yeah, what kind we of like a... the snow because we're semi-arid, so we, we'll take it. Okay. And what mm -hmm. kind of religious Bible belt uh, are you surrounded by? Is it uh, well, non-traditional yeah, or what? It's, it's very traditional evangelical. I mean, this is where the home of focus on the family, you know, a oh. lot of uh, compassion or national, a lot of very evangelical, uh, you know, ministries and things, uh, good, bad, indifferent. And a lot of other, there's just, it's a little bit of a Mecca for okay. Christian ministries and not all evangelical, but many traditional oh, evangelical. There's publishing houses around there too, isn't there? Yes, there are. Okay. You know, now all I remember. All sorts of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I used yes. to work in a Christian bookstore. I remember Colorado Springs now. Now it's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're always welcome to come down. Well, so speaking of publishing, 
Yes. Purpose of this is to talk about a book you've written. Now, this is your second or third or fifth book or 10th book or what? <laughs> I, I think it's my sixth. Really? Somewhere in between. Yes. No way. I only know of your one other one. Oops. I know. I've been sneaking them in there, Mike. Wow. Well, this, <laughs> this one took me a while to finally get to and read, mostly because of me. Uh, finding time because I don't sit and read well. Audiobooks I get through much faster, but I finally got through it and ended up not being as long. But mm -hmm. as I got in, I was hooked. And I'll tell you my reason why I got hooked. Because um, my role is a, I'm a, uh, one of my roles as a pastor. It's just one of the hats I wear. And the topic has been a very profound topic for years for me. In fact, um, when I joined the Christian Missionary Alliance Church, uh, 25, 26, 27, almost 28 years ago, something like that, um, I became a pastor and uh, had to go to this general conference in Canada. And they were going to debate women in ministry. And so they had to provide every church, every representative, every voting person, a full resource of um, uh, all the all the views and everything that substantiates each of the views. I thought, oh, this is interesting because mm -hmm. uh, I, I did want to understand more. I didn't like the perspective I grew up in because it was a very male dominated world. And uh, it was the first time I, I heard a more balanced perspective and in those perspectives, I finally uh, realized, hey, there's a legitimate perspective we weren't told about. And uh, I thought, and then I, then when I read your book, this is a phenomenal study. Like if you want to ah. do a, a Bible study or for me, I'd preach through it in a short series, but there's so much content and you've done the research. <laughs> I did. I, really I know. did. Absolutely. So why'd you write it? Well, you know, honestly, this was a big issue. It wasn't just, you know, the women in ministry thing. I kind of, you know, got a hold of that. Um, and that that's a huge thing. But really just this whole sense of masculinity and femininity, what does that look like? And what does that look like in the Godhead? And, you know, as I explained kind of in my first chapter, a little bit of where I came from, I didn't come from a Christian background, but, you know, uh, we had our own form of religiosity, sort of a secular humanism, humanism, religiosity. And then that translated later on into religiosity in the church. So you just kind of get it coming and going. Um, but one of my big pain points in my Christian walk, because when you're coming out of one form of bondage or different things, and then you, then you're going into kind of Christianity and you're, you're looking for freedom. And one of the things that was a big pain point was this whole issue of masculinity and femininity, how it's represented, and even in the Godhead. This is really, first and foremost, a study of the masculinity and femininity of God. Why is that important? Why, why is that thing so important? Is there maybe a misconception out there? It, you know, it could be. I don't know. I think there is. Uh, there's a lot. God has a lot of, God is very mysterious and bigger than we know. And the thing is, if we are created in the image and likeness of God and we're male and female, that means there must be femininity within the Godhead. And there's Father and Jesus who are definitely masculine. Awesome. And then there's Holy Spirit with a lot of female tendencies. And then there's this nuance with how they behave in a masculine and feminine way. So I was just doing the study for me mm. because in my pain point, having grown up uh, with just a lot of pain points in the masculine, feminine, 
issue. My mom was a self-proclaimed feminist for first wave. And we had, you know, a lot of, but we still had patriarchal stuff and there was just a lot of mess. And so in my searching for my own healing, my own understanding, I'm looking towards God and I'm saying, gee whiz, am I represented it? Because if it's only just like father and Jesus, that's the only thing we have then I don't really fit in. So my male colleagues who are called an amazing, yay, we love you, um, you know, are so well, but, and I'm called, but, and that's great too, but am I really represented? It really felt like an inside looking in. And when you have a patriarchal background, which the church has been, yeah. it's very much exclusionary. And I'm saying, you know what? I understand we as human beings, we're, we're messed up, but I'm looking at God and I'm saying, where does that, where are, where is the whole female gender reflected within the Godhead? Yep. And I started on this study and it was just for me. Mm. And this just grew. I mean, I've been doing this for years and years. And then I'd have other clients. I do a lot of coaching and they're like feeling the same pain point. Yep. And it's not just women in ministry, although it is women in ministry, it's just being a woman in and of yourself. Am I as important, valuable, or am I just an, an addendum to Adam? Okay. And so, uh, so, and I, so this is really for my own heart. And the more I studied, it blew my mind. Mm. And I was um, sharing with so many other people like this was a struggle. And I'd share my little notes and they'd be like, oh my God, this is blowing my mind. And we kept, kept on diving in deeper and deeper, kept on growing. And then at one point I thought, wow, I have a lot of material. I'll just do a blog series. And it just kept on going and going. Mm. And God was really cute. He just kind of capped me on the shoulders, Catherine, this is not a blog series. This is a book. I'm like, oh, okay. And so, you know, sort of got it together. And literally he mandated me to write this. Let me just tell you what he told me. I want to do it. I want to quote it verbatim because it's kind of important. So how how about you, just before you read that, tell us the full title of your book because we haven't mentioned it yet. (laughs) Okay. Oh my goodness. We might want to do that. It's God, male and female. That's a question mark. Healing our image of God, healing our image of ourselves and one another. Mm. So this is all about masculine femininity within the Godhead, but also how it's reflected in us and our relationship with one another. And we are hurting pups. We're hurting pups in our male-female relationships. We're hurting pups in our relationship with our masculinity and femininity. And then, then you bring about gender identity and and, and sexual issues. I mean, it, all of this stuff that stems out because we are hurting and confused and we have not done service to one another. Men have not done service to women. Women have not done service to men. We're kind of messed up. And so, um, and so if we're going to get, if we're going to improve, we are going to have to become students of the one who represents masculine and femininity in a perfect way uh, because that's our image. That's our Im- Imago Dei, right? So anyway, so that's the title of the book. Do you want me to tell you what he told mm-hmm. me? Okay. He said, I want you to teach on my dual feminine and masculine nature. I'm above the gender issue. And it is important that my kids grow in seeing me rightly. I am neither male nor female, but in gender both. Mm. Now, the thing that's like so God about that is that it kind of answers the question and then it kind of gives you more questions, right? Because if God is neither male nor female, but engenders both, what does that look like? 
And so this is really kind of a deep dive scripturally mm-hmm. into that. And so I just really started unpacking a lot of, a lot of this is, is uh, unpacking the, uh, the verbiage of scripture. For example, God, is that a male or female noun? Spirit, is that a male or female noun? Christ, Jesus, salvation, grace, truth, pick a card, any card. And, and this is important because I had someone ask me a really good question. It's like, well, um, it doesn't, you know, if something says, for example, if in the Old Testament, it says that Ruach or Neshama, which are both Hebrew terms for spirit, they're both female nouns. Does that mean that Holy Spirit's a woman? No, it means the Holy Spirit, there's femininity, but also in the New Testament, he's also gender neutral and masculine. So there's there's nuance. And then a lot of times you'll also see how Jesus and the Father, both masculine nouns, um, uh, but they behave in real feminine ways. They've got breasts and wombs and, you know, are hovering over their chicks. Like, so uh, there's this nuance and this interplay. So in one way, it... Um, so they are not has- insecure in their... How they're, oh, goodness. who they are, right? Whereas so in our culture, are, but... the insecurity is leading to false concepts of who God is and who we are. So absolutely. And, you know, this is a celebration of, of masculinity and femininity because that is representative of God. So my heart is not to say, well, guys, you really, you're such jerks, you're such patriarchs. And, you know, no, what we're doing is saying there are errors here. We've messed up here. And then women have messed up. I mean, it is the level playing ground. And so this is helping us see one another rightly. So there's a healing that happens when we see God rightly, you know, grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of God. This might be a good thing to know God better. Mm-hmm. So in my book, um, I, I a lot of it, I, I refer to God as he, she, not because I'm trying to do goddess worship or getting to some new age thing, but because there's femininity and I'm trying on purpose to shake us out of these concepts that we just automatically go there. It's like we're, we're these little fishies swimming around in water. It all looks masculine. And masculine's great. Like, I vote for that. Yeah, but you're, but so you're, feminine. you're, yeah, but you're calling out the, um, um, the constructs that we've been molded <coughs> excuse me, into. Absolutely. That's why you have to do this. It's not to try and be politically correct, but rather, hey, time to stop and really think. Because we've not stopped to think who God is when it oh, comes to male-female. Like we've been sold a bill of goods based on tradition, based on a denomination. Mm-hmm. Wait, there's more. And, and there is so much more and it's freedom for everybody. I mean, my heart is always to look for the win-win, right? So, I mean, that's God's heart, right? He's champions us. And so as, as women, we get to champion men. As men, we get to champion women. And this is how the God is. If God is love, it's other giving. It submits to one another, Mm-hmm. It's sorry, he, she, okay, God. Um, and that's what God does. And so this is what we get to do. What does that look like? Because if we don't, if, when we start off with the wrong premise, we will come to the wrong conclusion. And if we start off in the premise that God is only masculine with maybe this little feminine addendum or something, I don't know what we do. We're going to, we are, we are boxing God in, which is always a bad idea. Um, but we're also not understanding ourselves and just our the divine nature of what it means to be masculine and feminine that God adores. Mm. It is such a gorgeous inner relationship. 
it is gorgeous. And it was so, I, I was so kind of blown away because one of the things that, you know, I was like, well, gee whiz, if God had become flesh, like, why didn't he become a woman? You know, it's a, it's a great question. And I do kind of address that somewhat with, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm saying like, this is what it is. And I'm just, you, you can kind of posture it a little, a little bit. This is an exploration, not a declaration. And so I'm inviting um, people to, to grow in their knowledge of God and the wonder of who God is in masculine and feminine ways. And it is so gorgeous. So what, what, um, has, this, what has this done for your concept of who God is? Um, I'm interested to hear the results oh, of this. Like what, what's happened to you as a result? For me personally, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just made me fall in love with him slash her more. <laughs> just, I mean, so breathtakingly glorious. It's also healed my heart a lot mm. because the feminine, as a matter of fact, they, uh, with this study, there was so much feminine movement in it. Like there's a feminine energy, a masculine energy. I know that sounds very new age, but it's actually, you know, dunamis is actually a a Greek word in the Bible, right? So power, energy, okay. Um, all of this. And as we explore that, uh, what it does, it, it brings this robustness in the nature of God that is so healing. You know, when we, for both men and women, as I said, I'm looking for the win-win because whenever we're in competition and, you know, men are not women and women are not men. I know there's a lot of confusion and that's part of our pain point. Um, so this is not meant to blur the lines. It's, it means there are ways of moving that are masculine. There's a ways of moving that are feminine and they're both amazing and gorgeous. And God became so much bigger, so much more technicolored to me, um, just breathtakingly beautiful. And the way he, and I'll put slash she, so nobody freak out, no one have a seizure, um, embraces humanity it just, it, it uplifts everybody. The water level rises for everybody. And it's always been there. It's just, we haven't always searched it out. So this was literally an assignment he had given me, probably to heal me first. And then, you know, out of that place, right, when we learn, when we grow, we're able to help others with that. And it's, 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 it's just beautiful. It is That's just cool. beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, and I love the fact that with that, because we're given one commitment to love as, as he loves, hmm. as, as Christ loves, right? One, we do that. We're like, we're doing it. Um, but what does that look like? What does that look like from a feminine perspective, from a masculine perspective in the inner relationships towards uh, the genders? Um, what does that look like? And there's a way that we get to champion each other where we both rise up there so, needs to be so more... culture culture does yes. not get to define gender definitions right because <laughs> no. if we're somebody could be offended already thinking they're culturally sure. ingra- ingrained already yeah. but this is higher than that that's yeah. what i'm it seeing transcends it. yes tra- it transcends it good word yes absolutely it totally transcends it which is a good thing because when we when we uh, get to define our own truth, and I'm not saying there's not truth in your experience, but that's a secondary thing to God as truth. Mm-hmm. And the as truth, that's eternal. Mm-hmm. That's eternal. And that's where healing happens. That's where freedom really happens. And when we're resonating with that, we're resonating some, with something that lifts us out of 
every single human being created in the image and likeness of love, of God, who is love. Mm-hmm. Every, 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 every human being is looking like God in their flavor. And that comes in a masculine flavor that comes in a feminine flavor. And it is so needed and that needs expression and it needs the freedom of, of that. And so, um, and you know, so I, I, it's just, I mean, you asked me what it did. I just fell in love with God more, you know, and so um, is it, yeah. does this fit in with this deconstructing world uh, uh, in, in our Christian culture? There's a, a group of people that are, um, they're using the word deconstruction, but the deconstruction I'm seeing happening in people is they're unlearning myths and false concepts. Yeah. Not truth. It's the myths yeah. that are being deconstructed, yeah. but yeah. it's also heading towards a more hope-filled perspective and a better perspective, which I think that's what your book's doing. Is that safe exactly. to say? No, it's exactly. It, it totally is. I mean, the truth is, I mean, before we had the sexy word of deconstruction, we had just growing in the knowledge of God. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, oh, that. and, that's right. Right. What a thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to knock that because yeah. it's it's important because we have learned a lot we need to unlearn a lot mm-hmm. and we need to re- that's the hard part it's always yep. harder to unlearn than it is to yep. relearn i've but been saying that for 20 years too, right mm-hmm. and it's still true 20 years later <laughs> and we're still growing in that but yeah. you know I, I you know the the thing is as long as we are um are looking towards god to help define truth for us that will always bring us into greater freedom you know, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're struggling in all of that stuff, he, he slash she is the source of all truth. Hmm. And so he gets to define us. He's the one that created us in his image and likeness. And he thinks we're amazing. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if we kind of talk through the chapters? It sure. could be just a sentence or two. It's fine. But sure. uh, chapter one starts with staying safe while exploring our preconceived notions. What's the quick summary yeah. of that? So, you know, a quick summary is that is, is that we um, are called to question things. And if it's true, it will be true. And it will stand up to our questioning. And so it's, it's okay to look at our sacred cows and say, is that really true? And we go to Jesus who is truth. And we get to explore that. We go to the word of God and try and, and, and deep dive and study and allow it uh, coming from um, with it, with a good human hermeneutic, a good way of studying that that reflects the accuracy of who Christ is. It is always safe to do that. It is very unsafe uh, just to be spoon fed and then stand entrenched with what we've been spoon fed. Because if gonna, it's true, it will be true eternally. True. And when we look at looking for the Word of God, the small W Word of God is the Bible which will point us to the capital word of God, W, capital W, because people mix it up. They, when they hear word of God, they're going to think you're talking about the Bible. No, (laughs) those are called the scriptures and they're considered holy and they're, they're there. There's a purpose. They're inspired, sure, uh, but they have issues because sometimes they point away from God. Yep. And when they point away from God, they're reading us. All right. Chapter two is God in Genesis, God before time. Any memory of what that summary is? Yes. Yeah, so I'm just gonna, I, mean, I want to, I want to tease people into hearing what the book's about so they can actually go read it. This is great. No, I'm having fun. <laughs> this works for me. Uh, so, you know, God is eternal. So God is eternal. 
Um, and then when it came to the creation of humanity, what did that look like? And if we're created in the image and, and likeness of God, he created he, them, male and female. So which means the image is male and female. And so that's a, that's a, that's a starting point. And, and as, as the, the spirit hovers, well, that's the, the feminine was already there. When we walked in the cool of the day, the feminine was already there. Um, so, and then uh, when they breathe the breath of God, the breath of God is feminine. And so all of that. And so there's this beautiful interchange of the masculine and feminine within the Trinity, but within humanity and how God, um, how God made us mm -hmm. in his image and likeness. So, uh, and that's from the very beginning. And so that is our starting point on the earth realm. Obviously we were cre we, before creation, we were in the heart of God joined with him before the foundation of the world. Okay. Um, but when we took on flesh, it was feminine flesh, it was masculine flesh, and only that expression could express the image of God. Mm. Both are needed. Both are needed. I know. <laughs> and when we and when we, we function the way we're called to function, it is freedom and life giving for everybody. I, I hate feminine bashing and I hate male bashing. Yes. I just hate bashing. Yep. Yep. So chapter three is in Christ masculinity and femininity. Right. So yeah, so we're talking about um, what it means to ma be masculine and feminine in Christ. What does the in Christ mean? What does that expression mean? How does that look in in Scripture, as it points to God rightly? Um, and then and then and then I do do some diving into the marriage, to relationship between husband and wife, and what that looks like. That we're called to be one. But we're also called to be distinct. So we come together as one flesh, but we're we're distinct. We know when you come together as husband, husband and wife, we were just having a discussion on this. Um, you know, there's a masculine affinity that you can tell apart, but there's still one. And what does that look like? We don't become this amorphous blob. Uh it, it works together and dovetails together just like the Trinity does, mm. which is incredible. You, you know, mean self-submitting, like they submit one to another, which is a word that Ooh. in the Christian world is kind of like a swear word, unless you're a guy, yeah. then you want everybody to submit to you, right? So it's- Well, awful. and then, and then you have, you know, I mean, I grew up with very strong feminists, so it was kind of submit to me. It was a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, and, and the bottom line is we submit because we love. We submit to one another because we love to one another. It's not domination. It's not subjugation. It is love. It is an expression of love. And you cannot demand submission. You can right. only give it. Yep. Yeah. So getting wisdom. What kind of what kind yeah, of so we talk a lot about wisdom as a wisdom as the a, a deity, and it's a mm. feminine deity in both. Uh, the Old Testament, Hakama, is uh, wisdom, which is a feminine noun. And in the New Testament, um, Sophia is wisdom and is a feminine noun. And it's deified, which is fascinating. And then uh, I also talk about when it talks about the spirit of Christ as the wisdom, counsel, might, fear, mm -hmm. knowledge, and fear of the Lord. All of those words, Christ is um, is a is a um, is is a masculine noun. Not surprising, Savior. Uh, but then all of those that spirit of Christ is all feminine, except for knowledge, which is masculine. Mm -hmm. And so it's fascinating. So you have the masculine expressed in, in all these feminine ways. It's just fascinating. I have no idea how that works. I just know it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to sit with. I'm not here to to pin anything down. I'm here to look at God in wonder and beauty 
And, you know, as we look at God with who he slash she is, we're literally being transfigured into his image. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was beautiful. I, I thought it was really, I had a, there are lots of things that I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be a, fem- no, that was masculine. Oh, that's going to be, ma- no, that's feminine. Um, you know, it's just so, it, it's great to be, um, just to hold it loosely and let it speak for itself. I remember in the uh, movie series, the uh, National Treasure, where they're hunting for the Declaration of Independence. Um, they finally get the map and they're looking at it at the back of the of the thingy. And then they put on these glasses and suddenly this image of 3D shows up. But then they change one of the lenses and changes again completely. And it's yet the same document. And so... I have a hunch you're adding a lens that is not possible if we're not ready for it. And it's a voice that has to be shared. So that's cool. Absolutely. And I do talk about this kind of extensively. Like we don't use the grammar of, of, you know, uh, a word just because say spirit is feminine. We're not saying God's biologically feminine. I mean, God did say, he said, I'm neither neither male nor female, but I engender Mm -hmm. both. This is God engendering the feminine in that place. And so we're not like assigning things, sticking God in a box. And in our linear Western thinking, we like to do that. But with a more Eastern mindset, you kind of hold the whole picture and you allow for mystery. And, you know, I I don't want to, I don't want to have a God that I fully understand. I Mm want to grow in my knowledge, but if I can fully understand, he's not big enough. Well, that'll be God in your image, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then we're so limited. It's depressing. Uh, but we have to be willing to journey. This is a journey. This is an exploration. I'm not doing an expository uh, thing where I've got it nailed and this is my doctrine. No, this is an exploration where uh, where this deep dive, not only just in the words themselves, but how God behaves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. And yeah, it's, it's like a whole new lens. It's like that declaration of independence. It's like, Ooh, look, wow, look at that. Whoa. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and so we can stand and wonder, be astonished at this God who is so much bigger, more complex and more inclusive in ways that than we ever thought. And that is, um, it's amazing. And it makes everybody better. It raises the water. This is not about, let's just pull away from masculine power. <laughs> no. Um, no, this is about everybody yep. um, coming up higher because oh, when wow. we're not functioning according to original design, it's a lose-lose. Well, isn't that what your battle of the sexes is about? Absolutely. It's called is the battle of sexes and God. Yes, absolutely. I, I literally talk about this because when we have, you know, we, it, there's a long history of masculine domination, but you know what? I and, and then so much, you hear so much with just male bashing all the time. It's okay. As long as, you know, as long as you're making fun of the guy, it's a, no, it's really not. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, the guys need to be championed. The women need to be championed. This is what love does. Mm-hmm. It creates a space for everybody to shine everybody to be who they were created to be. And that's, that's where we can all make our greatest uh, contribution. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of that requires humility. We've been prideful. We've been mistaken on both ends of the spectrum. Right. Um, and, um, and, and so instead of this whole concept of one has to win, one has to lose, that is not a God concept. Yeah. God is a win-win. You don't you don't have bickering within the Godhead. Well, I'm I'm bigger. There's no hierarchy within the Godhead. When do I get my way? (laughs) Right, exactly. They're all like, well, submitting to one another in such a beautiful way. And so we this is how we can learn um, to grow. 
and so uh, me creating a space for Mike to flourish and Mike's creating a space for me to flourish. And what happens? Everybody comes up higher. You know, it is such a poverty mentality when we think we have to step on any one gender in order to elevate ourselves. Yeah. That's just pathetic. It's like, well, then it wasn't really real, real was it? <laughs> but when we both, you know, our finest a lot of times is the humility to elevate another. You know, that's what Christ does is constantly elevating people. So what's and the what's the trick with the feminine expressions of the masculine? There's something behind this. Oh and, yeah. And, right. So that's the oh, title. Yeah. That's the last title besides summing it up. But that's yeah. the last of feminine expressions of the masculine. Yeah. This could okay. be threatening so to somebody, this couldn't is it? Fun. This is this was such a fun one to write. Well, it was all fine, but this one was really fun. Why? <laughs> because with all of this, you know, remember when I was talking about, you know, um Jesus was masculine. It's just masculine. So is father, masculine. That's awesome. We need goodness. We need the masculine as a rock, as a shield, as a tower, as that strength that doesn't move. Thank God we have that. But we also need the feminine expression that is flows. That is kind of woo, which way did the wind where did the wind come from? That that is flows like water and splashes around and it's kind of mystery, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's, it's just a different and it's needed and it's beautiful and it inspires mm. and we need both. And you know what? Wow. We get both. So even when you talk about the seven, I am statements, I'm the way, the truth and the life, I'm the bread of life. I'm the door. I'm the, the true vine. I'm the shepherd, right? All of that. I am God is love. All of that. Um, God being masculine in those contexts, Christ being masculine, all of these, every last one, uh, with the exception of bread of life, are all feminine. So when God mm -hmm. says, um, God is love, well, God is masculine, is feminine love, agape. Mm -hmm. So, wow. So there's a feminine expression of the masculine, right? Um, you know, I'm I'm the way, the truth, the life. Well, way, truth, and the life are all feminine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that the women have a lock on truth. Let's just let's not be weird about this, yep. but it's a feminine expression. You're adding and it to so the menu the of understanding that wasn't there before. Exactly. And so this is the masculine with a feminine expression. Mm. And Jesus is not apologizing at all. Okay. It's really fascinating. You know, um, uh, so all of this on the resurrection and the life, all of those are feminine, right? Um, so you've got the masculine I am, you've got the resurrection life. Well, I don't, I don't like, it's a beautiful exploration. I don't have it pegged down, but it's it's beautiful, you know. And then you have expressions such as uh, Father God um, that has a womb, that births Israel, has breasts that are actually functional. That's awkward. <laughs> okay, right. That is awkward. Now I don't think literally God is has a you know. This is where we 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 have to not get out of our Western mindset and not have that yeah. flat reading, but but. God has breasts in a womb because God feeds and God nurses and God births. Yeah. Um, so you have the masculine with feminine functions and it's not complete unless it's expressed that way. When you have Jesus and he's crying over Jerusalem is Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you as, as a hen would gather her chicks. Well, that, um, that expression is a total feminine expression. Yeah. And this is the longing of this masculine Christ mm. wanted to gather, gather and protect and nurture. And it's beautiful because we need to be gathered, protected and nurtured. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so these are all the masculine um, moving in feminine ways. And it's beautiful. And there's no competition. There's no, it is mysterious. He said, I, I'm neither male nor female, but I engender both. So that's think, pretty much engendering uh, both. I think yeah. that's going to throw people off. Cause I know when I first talked about God being neither gender, it really raised the eyebrows of some traditional people. Absolutely. So I got, I got, I got two more questions or yes. two more things I'd like you to share. Perfect. First is who is the book, who should read the book and who should not. Okay. And then give us a summary of when the book comes out. Perfect. Um, so, I mean, I, I think if you're, if you are hungry to really know God better, I mean, if you're really hungry, like, I just want to know you better and you're open to something that's a, a little bit like, Oh, okay. This is a little bit different. Okay. A little stretch. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. It's in the words and the word you've been reading it's in there. <laughs> um, if you're open, this is great. If, if you are, you know, honestly, if you're just not ready for, if this freaks you out, you know, not, you're not ready. Don't do it. It's, I love you. Don't do it. Hmm. You can buy one of my other books <laughs> if you still like me and you know, it's okay if you don't like me, but, um, uh, but, uh, you know, but it, if, if you've got something to prove, like I, I'm not here to argue, I'm here to explore. Mm -hmm. You argue with an explorer um, this is what we're doing. And so um, it's an exploration so that we can, you know, the beauty of exploration is you discover things that are breathtaking, that expand you. But that requires you to have an expectation. And the expectation in my mind would be if you're exploring, you're looking for something fresh, new, and your, your antenna is up. If it's not up, you're not going to learn anything. Absolutely. And you don't want to learn because if, if you're, if, if you just want it to say one thing, this is not your book. Yep. It's just not. And and that's okay. I, I, I understand that if it's threatening to you, oh my goodness, you're not ready. Don't, don't do that. I think by the um, time they've heard this and heard what the book's about, they'll know if they want to read it now or not. So that's the good part. But yes. I thought it's important to recognize who shouldn't read it. And yeah. which, part of that, my motive um, for that is um, some people buy books for other people. Oh, so-and-so should read that. Well, oh. maybe not. Maybe be careful with who you hand books to yeah. on certain tough yeah. topics. Let the Holy I, Spirit take care of it. So that that's kind of where I was going with some of this. Because yeah. well, and you know, and if, if if honestly, for a lot of the women that I was particularly women that were feeling excluded within mm -hmm. the Godhead because I'm following this male God, am I really part of? Am I am I just they got you got God? You got the twelve male disciples, and then you got the women traipsing behind, and that's how it feels like I'm the traipser. And yet they were the ones funding it. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, and then of course when you when you really see how how Jesus elevates women, you're like, okay, we're we're just yep. we're good. We are so good. Um, but that takes a little bit of an exploration. And if you come in maybe having felt, you know, just squashed by the church. I mean, I felt squashed in general, and then I came to the church, I felt squashed by the church, yep. and that does damage. And so, you know, if if that's where you're coming from, that's a lens that you may be viewing things and that is not God's lens at all. And, and where, so, yeah. where do we get this book and when does it come out? It comes out March 14th. Uh, it'll be on Amazon. You can also go to my website, katherinetune.com and it will be there and it'll come out on in paperback and Kindle. And mm -hmm. I will be recording an audible for all you audible people. I'm, I just not sure when that's actually going to 
be finished when the finished product, but it will come. Cause I know there's people like, I'll wait for the audible. Okay. Yep. coming. I love the audible uh, to me. It's, it it's, it's just easier for me to process. Um, but then when something's so amazing, you got to go and read it. Cause I noticed yeah. there's so, half the stuff you, you can't listen to the text and verses and all the stuff you have. Yeah. You have to actually see the copy. Exactly. So that's what I do a lot. A lot of times I'll listen on Audible, I'll get kind of the, the gestalt and I'll get to know it's like, oh yeah, I want to deep dive this and then I'll get the, the paper copy or the Kindle, whichever. Do you, but, do you, yeah. since, since I'm in Canada, do you know if it'll be available on uh, Amazon.ca? And other ones? I am assuming uh, I've, I've everybody, everything I've published has been available in Canada as well. Okay. But um, come find me. I should probably, I will find that out specifically, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we always release it in a way that Canada's, okay. we love Canada. <laughs> Canada's included. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. That was a really good summary. Better than I think you realized it was going to be. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Glad it came together. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. So yeah. folks, I will have a picture of the cover um, by the time this airs. Hint, hint. And then uh, we'll have the links below. Um, and then I'll update the links after the, the launch date and such. So I think this will be a lot of fun. So thank you, Catherine, for taking time to share. Thank you. It was fabulous. It's always a joy to come on. Awesome. Thanks. Bye, guys. All righty. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and hopefully uh, you're intrigued by that uh, book. Um, always a pleasant conversation with Catherine. Uh, a delight for sure. Okay, it is time. It's uh, I got a lot going on today and so I got to run, but uh, thank you. Um, I hope that uh, that was encouraging. Uh, we need more voices like that. So way to go. Hey, uh, Helen, good morning. Uh, I forgot where you are. I think you're in Saskatchewan, if I'm not mistaken. And then Henry, good morning to you as well. All right, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll look forward to next week's episode. Can't tell you what it is because I don't know yet. <laughs> anyway, but it'll still be good, I promise. All right, you guys have a fantastic week. We'll see you. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.